morning, everybody. It is Sunday. I think it's May the 2nd. This is Jeff with uh, Returning to Eden. I'd like to welcome you all on board. Um, we're going to, uh, Dean is not going to be with us today, and we haven't done a show for a couple of months now. Uh, sometimes we just need to take a break or life gets in the way. And uh, But I do want to thank you all for tuning in to the broadcast, the podcast. And uh, <clears throat> we're going to, actually, we're going to start picking these up again according to Dina. But today I'm going to do something a little different. I used to do a, a, a video podcast kind of thing, uh, which was called People Serving People. And, and from time to time I like to get back to that. I like to talk to the folks who sit in the pews or the folks who are in the congregation that really don't have a voice other than, you know, to sit and listen to whatever the pastor might be saying or the teacher or the case may be. I want to try to switch that up from time to time and listen to some of the folks. And so today... Uh, I have a gentleman with me. His name is Vaughn Brady, and uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna let him tell you a little bit about himself. But he's gonna be joining me for the next 30, 40 minutes, sharing his story, a little bit about uh, you know growing up in Hicks or growing up in Louisiana. He currently lives in Hicks. And Brady, I'd like to welcome you to Returning Meeting. How how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I appreciate you having me here. How are good. you? I'm doing good. I'm. Like I said during uh, before we got started, it's been a little hectic this morning getting things going. But uh, you know, you and I met when I went down to the Riddle, Louisiana, at um, Out of Ashes Ministries, and uh, right. we kind of kept up with one another online and whatnot. But as I listened to you, and I was intrigued by some of the things that you you do, uh, tell the folks a little bit about Brady Vaughn down in Hicks, uh, Louisiana. Well, uh, I'm 53 years old, and I own a small. I I work for myself. I have a towing company, and I do a lot of roadside assistance. Uh, I've been married 20, going on 28 years. I have a beautiful wife. Her name's Sylvia. Two daughters, Faith and Emma, and uh, we're just down here in the South, loving life. Well, you know that's kind of interesting. I when I went down to Louisiana, I thought because the people are so nice down there. Every time I go down south, I run into very nice folks. Uh, it was no different when I went down to Derrida. But uh, I got to meet your wife and I got to meet your daughters. And uh, but I'm I'm down there the whole time I'm down there. It was one of the most memorable times of the last fifteen twenty years. But I saw these churches. There was a church every. It seemed like every seventy five feet there was a church. Everywhere you looked, there was a church, and you grew up in what we would call the Bible Belt. So tell me a little bit about your, your upbringing and, and, and the world of, of Dwayne Brady when he was, you know, just a young guy uh, growing up down in the South. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, uh, really, I've been in church most all of my life. Uh, the only time I ever really walked away from church was in my adult life uh, as a kid, in my house growing up, you didn't miss a Sunday going to church. So, and my mom, she did a lot of teaching. Um, she actually, probably back in the 1970s, I'm just going to kind of start my, my story from that point, but she did a lot of teaching on the tabernacle. She did a lot of studying on, on the tabernacle. And in her studies, she kind of shared with us, uh, my, my sisters and myself and my dad, Different things that she would learn. Uh, it was probably in my preteens that I learned a little bit about the law, and I always thought, and I've always been taught, even in my adult life, that the law of God was the Ten Commandments. And it, it, it's uh, if you look back in history, it's really not. And I think a lot of people in church aren't taught any farther than the Ten Commandments being the law of God. Um, that's just been my experience. Now, as I grew and she taught more and more, I learned things about the Sabbath. And uh, but we never did we never did anything other than Baptist going to church every Sunday, Sunday school. It wasn't like it was a uh, it, it wasn't a, a big deal, you know. We, of course, the Lord's Day is when you you would go to church. So as I grew older, uh, I met my wife. Sylvia, and uh, she was going to a church that believed, that, that taught Jesus' name baptism only. And if you didn't have that, you weren't saved. And uh, that was kind of my 
my new take on things that if I wasn't Jesus name baptized, I wasn't saved, but then I started having these questions. And these questions were like Let me interrupt you for a second. What what are you saying? Okay. Jesus what? Jesus name baptism. You have what, to be what baptized if, you have to be baptized in the name of Jesus in order for the Holy Spirit to dwell in you and you uh, to be saved. Okay. Okay. I, I wasn't quite familiar with the term, but okay, go ahead. Okay. Well, it's it's very common down here and um I started asking myself questions like did Jewish people actually name their kids Jesus? I mean, if we're going to make it a, that big of a deal, is was he really named Jesus? Uh, and these questions back in 1993 started entering my mind. Was Peter's name really Peter? Was Paul really Paul? And Because that's kind of a uh, an American name it, as far as I was concerned. So all of these questions kept eating at me and eating at me and every time I would ask a question of any leadership in the in the church uh, I would get responses that just didn't help me at all they they were like non-answer answers and that's cool I was I was cool with that I went on and uh, I, I maintained my my church membership for a long time and then the questions just got harder and harder I would read my Bible and I would get to Leviticus and I would get to numbers and I would see things in there that just because I knew that I was in the law when I was reading those books and then I would see things like what John would write you know the what is sin well it's transgression of the law and knowing that that wasn't just the Ten Commandments I thought man something ain't adding up here and I can't get my my questions answered well I'm gonna fast forward a little bit um, and I don't want to. I want to make sure people understand that these issues that were that were entering my mind. I'm, I'm not. I'm not telling anybody. I'm not trying to communicate that they are heaven or hell issues because I know that's a lot of how we think uh, in in the the church is we think that we we measure things by whether or not they'll keep you in heaven or out of heaven. And that's not what my goal is here at all, because I don't think that eating a pork chop is going to send you to hell, okay? Uh, so I want to make sure I'm real clear on that. But I did start seeing that there were things that God expected of us just to show love. Uh, there are things that I do with my wife that I, I show her love. And if I don't show her all of these things, she's not going to leave me. But there are extra things. There's the extra mile that you can go. There's the higher ground that you can you can take. So um, tell you this this we, we we ended up leaving the church because I started studying the, uh, the the early church fathers and what they what some of them believed, not all of them, but what some of them believed, and how Christianity. I'm I'm going to rub somebody the wrong way here. And, but that's okay. I read your book. I know what you what you feel about Abraham. You know, you tell us in your book, Uncoloring Race, that Abraham was not a Christian. Right. And for some people, that's groundbreaking, earth-shattering news. They they for me at one time that would have been a huge deal. Like what? He wasn't a Christian? No, he wasn't a Christian. He wasn't even into Judaism. Uh, but Christianity really when it's when it was birthed it broke off from Judaism of that day mm -hmm. uh, and it's gone they both gone different directions I'm not going to say one's right and the other one's wrong or, or anything like that but Jesus was a part we, we call him Yeshua you and I do I know a lot of people don't but Jesus Yeshua broke off of, of uh, Judaism so um, I digress. Let me get back on track. We left the church after studying the early church fathers. I started having a lot of problems with what was being taught. I actually accepted the call, the call uh, to to preach the word. And I started if I was going to preach the word, I was going to know what I was preaching. And I really started studying the Bible at a at a deeper level than I ever had before. Uh, 
Well, let me let me let me hold your thought. But you left the church. Okay. I mean, <clears throat> when you say that, that's for a person in the southern world in the Bible Belt to leave the church. That's a big deal. Oh, what yeah. was the yeah. what was the catalyst that caused you you and your and your wife? I'm assuming you and your wife left. No, no, no. She stayed. Um, okay. <laughs> and and that was a a whole other issue in and of itself. But I had I had to get out, and it wasn't a thing of like it was normally in the past. I would leave, and then I would just go live however I wanted to live without any kind of parameters or godly input or anything like that. Um, but this time I was leaving to study the Word. I was mm. staying home, and I was getting into the Bible for myself. I was praying for uh, by myself, trying to find God in the Bible, trying to find God in my belief system, and the things that I was hearing at church were not wrong. I don't think the church is wrong, and I know a lot of people in 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 my walk will tell you that they believe that the church is wrong, and I did go through that for a long time, but I have learned that the church is not wrong, and they just don't teach everything that there is to teach, and they have reasons for that, I believe. Uh, I believe they have they're they're building these congregations and in doing so you've got some that are on milk and some that would like to be on meat but they can't do meat because the ones on milk aren't going to be able to digest it you know it it's they have to they have to keep the convoy moving at the pace of the slowest vehicle in the convoy and i think that's that becomes a problem uh as far as people who want to grow now in my study I found out that a lot of things that were being taught were actually seems incorrect. Uh, a lot of the things that Paul said, I, I, I kind of questioned because I knew that Paul was Jewish. There was no doubt in my mind that everybody in the in the back of the book was Jewish, except possibly Luke. And that a Jewish rabbi would not teach certain things that were being taught in the church. That was my my perspective. And I couldn't get the the answers that I was looking for. It was uh, I got the typical Galatians answers when it was my questions were about eating pork. So, long story short, I'm gonna fast forward. We've already left the church. We have actually started meeting in my house. I had no idea what I was doing. We were meeting on Sunday mornings. Um, the Sabbath kept coming back up because as a child I learned a little bit about what the Sabbath actually was. So we watched a program one morning. I didn't teach or anything like that. We just watched a program by, uh, I'm going to drop a name here, Jim Staley, and it was about the Sabbath. And by the time, we had a, we had a group of people that was coming, and by the time the video was over, uh, everybody looked at me and said, so are we going to be meeting on Saturday from now? Hmm. Mm, I, I guess so. <laughs> I guess that's what the what the program's going to be from now on. So we, we started meeting on Saturdays, and uh, I was not at a place with the pork that I am now, or the, the eating, uh, a lot of people call it eating clean. Uh, I, my family and I now, we try to keep kosher as best we can, which is in Louisiana, it's, it's <laughs> impossible. Kosher is just not a thing here. It's, uh, but we do try to stay within the biblical guidelines as best we can. And um, again, not a heaven or hell issue. It's it's an obedience issue for us, for our family. And uh, but I wasn't there yet. And uh, my brother-in-law and me, we went and bought. This is a funny story. I have two stories about pigs, about my pigs. I'm going to tell you one because the other one's just not something for for the internet okay yeah. um the 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 one story i'll tell you is i bought some pigs we were going to raise them up we live in the country we were going to raise them up slaughter them for the meat and put them in the roof in the freezer well i started after right, right before buying them i started having these issues with you know the bible says we're not supposed to eat them the church says we can What's what's the truth? Oh, I'm gonna buy the pigs and we'll see what happens. So we buy the pigs, bring them home, pin them up, and I keep them for a few months anyway. One of them 
got away and, and was, uh, well, it got away. So I had two pigs left, and I had gone out of town. This is a couple of months into having them. I had gone to out of town on a business call, and it was an overnight stay. When I came back, I'm out in my pasture just kind of walking around, and these were pasture pigs. We didn't really keep them in a pen. And one of them always followed me around like a puppy dog. And I'm just sitting, standing in my field kind of like this, praying. And I said, God, because I, I was really struggling. Jeff, I mean, I was really struggling with the idea. Here I bought these pigs, and I don't feel like I'm supposed to have them. I'm, I don't feel like I'm supposed to eat them. I said, God, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to eat these pigs? And that pig brushed up against my leg at that very moment. And I looked down. Now, Jeff, I'm not saying that God killed that pig. I want to be real clear. That's not what I'm saying. But when I looked down at that pig that just brushed up against my leg, it dropped dead right there. Whoa. That's a funny story. <laughs> funny or crazy. I don't know what, what the actual... Yeah, I, I get it. He just dropped dead. And I, I kind of kicked him with my foot a little bit. Not kicked him, but, you know, poked him with my foot. And he was dead as a hammer. Really? I said, well, I guess I guess that's my answer. <laughs> uh, the other story was a confirmation for that. Well, now, really, the answer was because he died, you can't eat it? Or was that, when well, that, that be the time to butcher it up? timing. It was the timing of the whole thing. God, am I supposed to eat this pig because I was already struggling, struggling inside? Uh, I was already having that, that dilemma. And when that pig dropped dead, I'm like, I'm not a superstitious fella, but that, that just really kind of seemed like, a, for lack of a better term, an answer to prayer. And I decided at that point. I mean, what was your takeaway? You can't eat the pig because it's dead? <laughs> it was a biblical, you know, for me, the struggle, the internal struggle I was having was the Bible tells us in a couple of, in a few different places, it talks about eating pork. And I know it's not a heaven or hell issue. But for me, it was like, if I'm going to, if I'm going to be obedient to the Bible and, and there, you know, John's telling me that sin is transgression of the law and Part of the law says, I don't want you to eat the pig. Don't eat the pig. God, should I eat the pig? The pig drops dead. That was probably my takeaway. I don't think he killed him. I think the timing was that I asked no. a question. He knew the question was coming, and he knew the pig was going to uh, die. <laughs> I love how you quote uh, John, actually John, uh, 1 John 3, 4. When I read that, I was like, right. so wait a minute. Sin is not an emotional failure. It's breaking the instructions of the king. And so that was a big thing for me. But also, I, 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 this Australian uh, physicist wrote an article called, uh, he was going through why a pig is bad for the human body. And so I, I captured the article, posted it on a blog years ago, and I, I retitled it uh, Pork Suicide. And so when I would send that letter off to people that he wrote about eating pig, people would write back to me and say, oh, my God, I'm never eating this again. And so yeah. for me, it was kind of like God, I had this image of God saying, the reason why I don't want you to eat the pig is because when I see you eating the pig, I, I just picture you sitting at the toilet with a spoon and eating what somebody left there. And so I realized, oh, so God, you don't want us to eat the pig because it's not good for our body because it's, uh, it, it eats all of the crap in the same way that the crustaceans right. clean the bottom of the sea. Right. And I began to realize that the reason those instructions are in there is because God created this body, and he said, I didn't create it to eat pig. So that, that took care of that whole issue for me. Eating right. clean was not a religious thing. It was God saying, I don't want you eating your boogers. You know what I mean? It was kind of that kind of thing. Right. So that's where I that's where I go. But anyway, the pig drops dead, and you've got and two I'm pigs. And I'm done with it. 
You're down with. I'm, I'm down to one now, and uh, what's one? <laughs> yeah, I'm down to one, and it it actually that one. Uh, like I said, my brother-in-law and I, we went together to buy the pigs. Well, mine were all dead now, and the one that's left is his. Oh. Uh, I guess I have to go ahead and tell this. Um, you can edit this out if you need to, but. He comes up to the house one day, uh, not long after that. I said, JB, I'm done with pigs. I'm, I'm not eating them. This one's yours. You know, I'll keep it here at, at, at the place, and whenever you're ready, you can slaughter it. I said, and he asked me, he said, well, what's, what's the deal? Why are you not eating pigs anymore? I said, well, you know, we're kind of on this, this journey, biblical journey, and I don't feel right about it. He said, well, okay. And he started telling me how when he was younger in high school that he had raised pigs and how pigs will, you know, they're really a clean animal because they'll, they'll eat in one section of the pen and they'll go to the other section to uh, do their business. Right. I said, okay. So we're sitting there leaned up against the fence and <laughs> the pig goes away from her food and she does her business. And I said, now watch. She's going to turn around, stick her face in it, and eat it. No, she ain't going to do that. She did, Jeff. <laughs> she did. So I think the Lord knows what he's talking about. <laughs> he could not believe it. I think I'm done with eating pigs, too. <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't. Imagine any other way for God to drive that point home. Because yeah. he. Oh, that was yeah. my confirmation. Yes, okay. And he always requires two witnesses. So you got your second witness going, wow, we've been eating that pork chop, and that pork chop's been eating food. <laughs> A week okay. later, I had my neighbor come down and grab the pig and take it home. So, anyway, moving along. Uh, and, and the ideal of eating clean was something that you, if you eventually got to a place where you, okay, Lord, I get it. But you left the church, you left the Bible Belt, you left the Baptist world in order to study on your own and learn about these things that your mom talked about, or just see. I left for the same reason. I, I had questions that didn't make sense, and uh, when I would ask the pastors, they would. It got to the point where they would get mad at me. In fact, I had one yeah. pastor say, Jeff, I'm getting a little concerned about you and all this Jewish stuff. I, I'm getting concerned about your, your, your salvation. And I said, well, pastor, you, you read all that Jewish stuff every Sunday, and now you're telling me that it's a salvation issue. And he didn't know what to do with that. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I used to go, you, you read all this Jewish stuff every single Sunday, but now my salvation is on the line for, for reading it. Right. So, right. so anyway, moving forward, you've left the church, you've got the Bible study going, you decided to do Saturday. What happened next? Well, uh, to answer your question, uh, I think it all started with the seeds that my mom had planted. And these were seeds that just, you know, they, they sprouted, grew, and, and uh, I wasn't understanding a lot of stuff. That, that was being taught in the churches because, you know, let's just be honest, a lot of what goes on in the churches, not all of them, but a lot of the bigger churches, uh, even some of the smaller ones, a lot of what goes on is just really a, um, not that it's wrong, it's just maybe not the place for it, but a big self-help rah-rah session uh, on a weekly basis. And there's no, there's not any meat in a lot of these places anymore and I needed some meat so we left the church and we started our own little fellowship and we did that I don't know probably three or four years maybe uh, I would teach and as soon as I would teach something I would find out there's an alternative to that I, I started seeing the scriptures truly is what one of my friends told me it was like a diamond and I know this probably comes from another source but she said it, it, it was like a diamond, and if you turn it, you see all these different facets, and you see all these different shades of light and, and things that are inside the diamond that you don't see unless you turn it. And that's kind of the way the Bible is. You know, there's so many different things that one scripture, you can, you can pull out with one scripture. And 
so I was I, my 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 confusion level just started going up again a little bit because I didn't know that coming into this walk, whatever this walk is, that there were still so many more aspects to everything, different beliefs, and and to the point of a lot of people. Uh, both in in the church and not in the church, being militant about what they believe, um, and then there's the whole there's a whole level of conspiracy theory stuff that has kind of drifted into it. And I just had to I kind of had to separate myself from what was going on once again. And I had met Joe Amen at Out of Ashes Ministries in the process of all this. And Joe was very, very helpful in helping me sort out a lot of the stuff. Uh, and How, long ago? How long ago? How long ago? Well, I met him probably five years ago. Was he? He was a now, pastor. He wasn't uh, out of Ashes Ministries. Did it exist at that time? It it was kind of in its infancy, uh, okay. I would say. They okay. were they were meeting at a different facility in in Deritter at the time. They had a Facebook page, and I, I had uh, it was really kind of a strange thing. It was it was before we started meeting on Saturday, okay, at, at our little group. And my sister had sent me a text message of a screenshot of Out of Ashes Ministries Sabbath meeting because we were already in the process of should we do this or should we not? Well. <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm out on my lawnmower on Saturday cutting grass and still didn't understand completely about Sabbath keeping or guarding or any of that stuff. And she sends me this message that they were having a Saturday evening uh, get-together at Out of Ashes Ministries, uh, a, a meeting. So we decided to go, and um, it was just kind of a fluke because she didn't follow the page and it just showed up on her news stream. I didn't follow the page. I didn't know anything about it. And that was the night I met Joe. I will tell you this. I'm going to break away for just a second. Joe, of uh, five years ago, and Brady, of uh, five years ago, and probably Jeff, of uh, five years ago, none of us are the same person today that we were then, uh, as far as what we have learned over the years, you know. In this in this particular, if you want to call it Hebrew roots, that's fine. If you want to call it Christianity, that's fine. I, I know you don't, I don't, but whatever you want to call it, if you want to call it Messianic, uh, I mean, it, it, we're just following the scriptures. That's all we're actually doing. We're, we're trying our best to. You know what I call it? What's that? You no, know, if you if you go to another country and they say, okay, you want to become a citizen. Then here's the here's the book that you have to read. Here's the language that you have to understand, and here's the legal ramifications in order for you to participate in our country. And I think that that's kind of God's blueprint. And so for me, I I, I call it just learning how to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. Uh, that way I can I can step out of the religious connotations that bring division across the spectrum and centuries, right. and just realize that this book right here is teaching me how to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. And that's kind of how I, I've, I've learned uh, over the last five years, perhaps the last five years before that. In other words, I agree with you completely. You never stop evolving when you step into this framework because like a diamond, it just keeps revealing stuff. Right. And I would right. say... And that's what's so... Well, I would say, just to, just to finish this thought, that what you have learned in the last five years, <clears throat> you haven't heard taught in any church ever. Right. Is that a statement? That's that's a very very good statement. Now, I wanna I wanna I don't wanna go too much longer uh, and take up all the time, but I I do wanna because you said that and we've touched on that part. Uh, when I first started my walk or my journey into this. I did go through those other stages, and I think a lot of people have to go through these other stages. I want to warn you, and what I'm talking about is Hebrew Roots Movement, Messianic Judaism, and there's, um, they're, not, they're no more wrong than Christianity. Uh, they're 
they're right in their other ways, in their own ways. But I want you to be careful not to get bogged down in that and to, to continue learning. Because the things that I went through that I, I told about, you know, honoring the Sabbath, keeping the Sabbath, and eating the pork, at some point in my walk, these were all issues that I felt like would keep me out of heaven. And I believe now that I was incorrect about that. Does that mean I don't still do these things? I've learned to do these things for myself and my family as a type of obedience to God because it's in his, it's in his book. It's in his amendments for being a citizen of the kingdom, as you would put it. And there's so many... There, there's so many other things in there that I'm learning, and uh, when I first, when I was in Christianity and and trying to be an evangelist and all this other stuff, I didn't have the compassion for people <coughs> that I'm that I'm learning now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I went through that too, so trust me, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I carried that over into into this. And uh, one thing that my mom. I'll bring up my mom one more time. One thing that she always kind of was put off with is uh, people being more concentrated on making converts than making disciples. Right. And that's a total. Those those two things are contrast of each other. You you when you make a convert, it implies something that making a disciple doesn't imply. And. Uh, I'm not going to just give you that. You're going to have to kind of figure that out for yourself. But being a disciple of, of the Messiah, being a follower of the King of the Kingdom, is different than being converted into that process. Uh, discipleship is, is a constant state, a constant state of learning and being in communication with the King of the Kingdom, the Father, and learning what He has for you. Um, and that's my biggest... If you if you take anything away from this conversation, that would be the thing I would want people to take away from it. That it's okay. it's not about a goal; it's about a journey. Sorry, go ahead. If you take uh, when you talk about discipleship, I always use the contrast of an audience full of people that Billy Graham is speaking to, and twelve men that Jesus or Yeshua was speaking to. Those twelve men turned the world upside down. Because it exponentially, exponentially grew and grew and grew and grew. Whereas in a Billy Comp, in the, and just getting people to accept Jesus, if you will, well, that, I love what Joe says. Accepting Jesus means you're now obligated to be a disciple of the kingdom and to represent. And so it's not, it's not a, a ticket to heaven. It's, a, it's the beginning of hard work. And I love Joe's message yesterday. It's the same same kind of thing. I listened yesterday. And I would say this about getting into heaven. I want to go back to a, a point you made. As I learned from the academic world and I started learning these languages and, and what that meant, if I was to say to Moses, for example, and I'll just, I'll just give it a synopsis. Moses, I, I want to go to heaven. He would look at me like, what are you talking about? Right. What is heaven? Right. And I, I go, well, you know, we're goddess. And he goes, oh. You mean the, the temple, the tabernacle, because that's what it was meant to them. So for the, in the Christian community, it means up, up, and away. But in the biblical community, in the kingdom community, it means being in the presence of the Lord in his house. And so it's kind that of a – go ahead. That was a big part of uh, – sorry, I should have made some notes to tell my story because that was a part of it that I was going to tell – uh, I told you that I was uh, that I had accepted the call to preach before I left the church, and they would let me preach a few Sundays. And, and by the way, I love all of those people. Uh, right. I probably have rubbed a whole bunch of them the wrong way over the the last five years. And and if any of them find this on the internet, I'm sorry. You know, maybe I need to come by and talk to you. But um, I can remember. One of my messages that I had said, if you go back into the Old Testament and you try to find everyone's goal in the Old Testament to, to follow in the creator of the universe, uh, heaven wasn't an issue. 
Right. Adam didn't know what heaven was. Noah didn't. Abraham, Moses, like you said. None of these people had a concept of heaven. Uh, it's mentioned very few times in the in the Tanakh or in the Old Testament, maybe maybe just a handful of times, and it may not even be the context of what we think of it in modern Christianity. And when I said that, you know, that those people were not doing it to get to heaven, they didn't follow Moses forty years in a desert full of rocks and heat and dirt and no water, just to get to heaven. You know, they did have a goal, but it wasn't an eternal goal in their mind. So. Right. When I said that, the looks that I got from the audience was just, I got so uncomfortable. But it's something that we all need to think about. We need to think of the Bible in, in such a manner that it was written over thousands of years, not at one sitting behind a typewriter, you know, in a, in a week or two time. It was an actual history of a nation. And we've actually had the opportunity through the Messiah to take part in that nation. We need to understand what that means. We need to understand how he's coming back. Um, Joe and, and his wife Heather mentioned yesterday after Shabbat, after our service yesterday, that he's not coming back wearing a purple pageant sash and with a crown on his head and all that kind of... He, he's probably coming back looking more like George Patton. <laughs> I think he's going to... To me, I kind of picture him walking through the East Gate or, or stepping back into time, if you will. Uh, mm -hmm. it, that, we, could, we could have a whole program about that, but there's reasons why I would say that. You know, to see this, uh, to see this um, well, let me just say this. I've learned over the last 15 years that pretty much most of the concepts that I've learned in the Christian community, uh, if you turn the diamond, the concepts that we have learned are kind of uh, linear. In other words, they're, right. they're, they're, they're very shallow. When you turn the diamond just a little bit, those concepts explode into another whole story, into another whole dynamic, and it'll, it yeah, blows absolutely. your mind. It blows your mind when you start realizing that once you give the scriptures back to the people who wrote it and the culture from which it was written, then the Bible actually tells a story that's much bigger than what we've all been taught for the last 1,500 years. And I think that's one of the reasons I do these programs and why we return to Eden is because there's such a much, 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 much bigger story than every one of those churches down there where I saw in Jerusalem, Louisiana, are teaching. And that's the advantage we have in our culture today. But go ahead. Well, it's it's even much bigger, I, I believe, because we have grown so much in the last four or five years or however long you've been in this walk. We've grown exponentially from there, and we're going to grow even more from this point forward. I'm not the same guy. You're not the same guy you're going to be a year from now. Yeah, I'm because not. Because once you, once you open yourself up, I believe, once you open yourself up to what God has for you and you can accept the things in the Bible as being Jewish in culture, Jewish in, in nationality, and and get past that. If you have a problem with that, get past that, move forward. He will pour into you more than you have ever had poured into you. This is coming from somebody who's been in church 53 years and thought he knew it all. Because I knew everything that was taught, and it had become redundant for me. Our tradition. So I thought, yeah, our tradition. I thought I had known it all, and and now I'm uh, I'm actually learning a lot about the the Jewish traditions now, and some of them uh, I don't understand. <laughs> a lot of them I don't quite understand yet. But you know those those feasts. Let me let me just get off on of that for a second. Those feasts that God gave in the Bible. If, if, if anybody in your audience doesn't already know this, those are his. Right. They belong to him, and they're a gift to his people. Whoever his people is in your mind, they're a gift to them. If you're part of that tribe, if you're part of those people, they're a gift from God to you. And if you 
think that they were done away with at the cross, I just want to encourage anybody to participate. When you start participating in these feast days, in these festivals that God gave to His people, that's what opened me up to so much more. There's that, that marriage supper of the Lamb, when you find out what that really, really is, it's going to blow your mind. It will absolutely blow your mind. I always say to folks that uh, one of the reasons, probably the biggest reason that our Messiah died was in order to restore that information. And uh, until, until the mind wraps itself around the fact that the whole thing is about restoring the instructions of God Almighty to the nations. And when we start looking at all of those Jewish things, we begin to realize that, oh, my God, these Jewish things are keeping alive the operation of the government, the operation of the temple, and the story of the Mashiach, the Messiah. And until we wrap our minds around that, the world threw the Jewish people away, certainly through the church, and that's, it's no different mm -hmm. than when we threw the Jewish people out of the building, we threw their Messiah out of the building, too, and we don't understand that. So in the last couple of minutes, um, what would you like to say uh, as a closing thing? And I've really enjoyed this, and I love the fact that you're, you, know, you are generous when, when talking about the church. We had to get here. I... I used to, well, I was terrible. We called them Torah terrorists <clears throat> because I, I couldn't understand why my friends of 16 and 17 years in the church rejected what I was trying to, what I was learning. But in fact, I'll tell you the story. I had a friend who, who said I was nuts for getting all involved in this Jewish stuff. And he called me. This is my best friend of 16 years. He called me several years later, about four years ago, and he said, you know, uh, our church is starting to teach that stuff you were talking about a long time ago, and I owe you an apology because this stuff is blowing my mind. And it was kind of like it took a while to get here. This is probably 13 years later that I get this phone call. And he said, Jeff, I was wrong. I, I didn't know. I, I, that was like, that was like, and that's happened several times now, but that was like, uh, Oh, I got to tell you a funny story. A man from down you down in your area, he called me. He was basically cussing me out as black man. He was old. He said, "Why do you keep talking about all this old Jewish stuff?" And he sent me a note because he was listening to one of my radio programs. And then he he called me and apologized, saying. The next Sunday, my pastor came into the church and started teaching what you were talking about. <laughs> he apologized. His name was Willie. That's all I remember. He apologized and said, this is mind-blowing. He said, I've lived all these years, and I didn't know any of this. So, And I think he was from Georgia or Alabama. I can't remember. It's been several years. But in the closing minutes, uh, Brady, I, I really want to take time to say thanks for coming on. This has been good. But, but uh, how would you wrap up the show today? What, what would you like to say? Well, first of all, I don't want to forget to thank you for inviting me on here. I, I, I hope anything that either one of us had to say is, is, is going to help move somebody farther along and not be a stumbling block. I, I've been a stumbling block too much uh, in, my, in my transition, and I don't want to do that anymore. Um, and I, it's a struggle for me because part of my personality is uh, just to, to punch you in the stomach with whatever information I have, and it's not the way that it's not the way that the Messiah did it. And I, I don't need to be that kind of person. Um, but I do want to say this: probably anything that we've had to say uh, is not going to be the the flip of the switch for anybody, unless. God has already started working on that person, and um, if you have, if if you're somebody who has come across this podcast uh, just by accident, really internalize some stuff. There, there, are, there is more to living for God 
and being a part of his kingdom then you then you possibly realize there's more than what I realize there's more than what Jeff realizes and it's 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 an incredible experience to start mm-hmm. learning and absorbing some of this stuff and there's a download coming uh, you may not realize this Jeff knows what I'm talking about but I as do. soon as you open up to this there is a download coming a lot of the stuff that you've learned or read in Sunday school over the years it's just going to click like that oh that's what that meant and then the questions really will start but I encourage you don't be afraid don't be afraid to look into the Jewishness of the person of Yeshua Jesus Christ the Messiah look into who he is and and accept that the perfect work that he started in you he is going to complete that's how I I wrap it up I just encourage the folks to give him back his identity and uh, that's what happens but uh, now you have a website uh, before I let you go and before we end the program (laughs) you review books you reviewed my book thank you very much and you posted a a nice comment on Amazon uh, tell, tell us a little bit about, I mean, you, do you actually have people send you books to review? What, no, what's not that yet. I, what well, is your blog? I just, uh, it's the Big Daddy Biggs with a Z, the Big Daddy Biggs blog. And uh, it's just a, it's mostly just a hobby. I, I used to do affiliate marketing, and I've kind of started back. Uh, I'll review books and do some financial stuff and some beekeeping stuff. It's just a hodgepodge of information is all it really is. But I appreciate you, the plug. Say, what, what was the name of it again? The Big Daddy Bigs. Big Daddy Black. Bigs, one word, with a Z. Okay, blog. Big Daddy. <laughs> Big Daddy. I would hate to have a conversation with you about being a tour-based Christian. If I was a Christian going, you're following the law. Because Big Daddy would probably uh, be very intimidating. <laughs> now let me let me say to you about that honey you sent said to me. It tastes like oranges. How, how, it, to me, it tastes like apricot and oranges. And I'm like, how did he do this? You said it was a, it was a honey cream. What does that mean? It's just a slight process of uh, making the molecules of the honey a little bit smaller, and you do, it's done naturally. I mean, you, honey naturally crystallizes, and all right. we do is we kind of control the process of how it crystallizes. Uh, it's it's totally natural, uh, no chemicals or no real process that you go through other than to have a little bit of a seed of creamed honey from another source or make your own. And uh, it's too much of a process to get into here, but it tastes like candy to me. I mean, it was that it's that good. I I was I still have some, and it was really good. I I use it in my tea. I, I do a lot of different kinds of teas, but anyway, it was really good. And I I just wanted to tell you that was some of the best honey I've ever had. Uh, well, that's good. Yeah, no, I listen. Heard the most medicinal honey in the area down here. Really. And you're, no. you, but you're, you're not a beekeeper, though, right? I'm not. I, I don't know. What do you do? Yeah, yeah, I, I am a beekeeper. I, I wasn't sure what your question was. Yes, I okay. have about 25 hives right now. And then you do the roadside assistance. So you're kind of... my main right? income. Okay, well, that's good. Well, listen, Brady Vaughn, I appreciate you coming on. What happens now is I'll do an edit. I'll put our music on here, and then we'll uh, we'll post this out on returning to Eden. And I, I'm just thrilled to have you come on and share your story and talk a little bit about your transition. And I, I, before I leave, before we leave, being in this walk now, how difficult is it in the Bible Belt? Because you guys are one of you're just this congregation that's got tour stuff all over the place and. How's that being received down there in your area? Uh, with my contacts, with my network of friends, it's um, it's not a, a huge reception. Um, but I think that's more my problem and, and how I've gone about evangelizing everybody to the concept. Uh, I've not been good at that. I, I was able to do what my main goal was and to help my family see the Bible from a, a more 
uh, Jewish perspective and accept, and I'm talking about my mom, my sister, my brother-in-law, my wife, and my kids. Is your mom still still with us? Yes. And what is she? What is she now? Now I'm, I'm opening up another door to a whole different conversation. Yeah. What What has this done for her? It, it was in the beginning. She was uh, just excited, and that, that we were accepting more of a, a Jewish perspective of the scriptures. She is also still very. Uh, Pentecostal in in her way of viewing the Bible, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of changes are difficult the older you get to to make. So she hasn't fully embraced everything, but she is fully on board with us doing what we're doing. And your wife too. She came along. Oh yeah, yeah. My wife, uh, I dragged her along, and now she kind of drags me along when she gets ahead of me now. Yeah, I met her. Well, listen, uh, Mr. Vaughn, thank you so much for coming out to uh, Return to Eden. And maybe we can do this again sometime. Really I enjoyed it. it. Thanks right, for well, having me. On that note, folks, this is Jeff with Returning to Eden, and we will uh, – uh, Dana and I are going to be getting together pretty soon, uh, so we'll hopefully have another program or broadcast soon. Uh, we're just so busy, and I know Dana needs to take a break. So uh, stay tuned to some of the stuff we do, and, of course, you can go back and look at all the podcasts that we've done at Returning to Eden. So God bless you all, and we will see you next time. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Bye-bye.